Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? Well, pretty good, except, boy, we've had some wind off and on this week. Yeah, but you know what? There hasn't been any snow. No. And so I'm going to take a little bit of wind here and there mm-hmm. and um, and be okay with it. And, and some rain. Yes, and that we definitely had some moisture. But I will tell you, looks like long-term forecast, This is these temperatures could help us avoid, I won't even say, what happened last year. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're we're looking good out there. Is um, the real estate market considers weather like this uh, early spring market, and it has been absolutely hopping in January. Um, Abnormally, some warmer temperatures too. The warmer temperatures made a huge difference. You get a weekend like you had last weekend with sunshine on both days. And people are out looking. In fact, our pending sale number is huge right now. Probably the largest it's ever been at the end of January. Wow. So, so the real estate market loves this weather. And uh, yeah, we're staying super, super busy. We're still in that point where it's lower inventory just under just under the 640 mark for active listings. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, currently, we're running in real estate terms that equates to about a one, 1.9 months supply of homes. So meaning if, if no new homes came on the market in the next month or two, we would only have two months worth of inventory. Wow. So, and in the fourth quarter, Average sales price three hundred and twenty-two thousand. I was just looking at the numbers versus last um, two thousand eighteen when we had those numbers at two ninety-two. So mm. that low inventory with tons of activity has kept those prices pretty high up there. Because ideally, sure. you want six months. Ideally, a balanced market is is what they call six months, and I, I would be happy to see four. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 it's just it has been a long time since we have seen that. And um, what that's doing is that's driving, in fact, we're going to talk about it today, that trend is driving a lot of new construction sales and people looking to build on their own lot mm-hmm. because there's not the inventory out there to choose from. They're so not the al- finding what they want. They have the resources. So the alternative goes to building on, building on their own lot. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about that today. Before we do that, we like to get to our crazy celebrity story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to do a little bit of extra reading on this one. Um, do you know what real real is, McKay? Um, why is it ringing a bell? I don't know, but I'm not the only one. So I got I came across this article, Rob Report, the CEO of Real Real. It is a 
consigned luxury goods website. Okay, yeah. So if people want to put their fancy Rolex or or I think it started with handbags for Yeah, it's where you can buy Gucci stuff for like 27 cents or something. So the used, um, basically a luxury good used online marketplace. Well, apparently that was a really good idea because the CEO of that, Julie Wainwright, recently bought, and I had heard her on a business interview about a year ago, so I re- it kind of came back to me as I read the article. She just threw down $6.75 million wow. um, in New York City. Originally founded her business San Francisco-based, so it looks like she's traded coast there a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, crazy, um, crazy, crazy place. 34th floor of one of the landmark buildings. That only gets you huge place, 3,282 square feet for these mm-hmm. luxury apartments. Um, three bedrooms, three baths, and then just an amazing view of the New York City skyline. So, wow. So there you have it. Um, we missed the boat. Apparently, McKay, we should have started a luxury consignment website, and you and I could have been doing a lot better. Um, there. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of fun to take a look at that and see what that type of cash buy you the place is absolutely gorgeous um does come with a full-time concierge and Mm. chilled wine cellar fitness space and pool so wow crazy 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 numbers but if you would like to build 3282 square feet in the Mm tri-cities let's talk about what that looks like so one of the things we like to do is we take topics we run across during the week and that our, my agents have come across. We write those down. We start to see trends of what people are looking for and asking questions about. And the biggest one, the recurring theme over the last two weeks is we have had a lot of calls of people that said, you know, I'm looking for about a half acre lot. I don't want your postage stamp mm-hmm. style lot. And I would like to, I have a builder in mind that I'm considering. And so I would like to bring my own builder and purchase one of those lots. Well, it seems like a very simple concept. (laughs) But when you get into the reality of looking and finding that, in the Tri-Cities, it, it's more difficult than it seems on the surface. Hmm. So one of the things that um, people will you know, come to me and they'll say, gosh, I want to build something that's just not cookie cutter, not your normal house I see in these developments. Um, so can you show me something that is like, and they'll point out neighborhoods you know, in Tri-Cities, like iconic yeah. neighborhoods, like they'll say, can you show me something that's like Country Ridge, where I have open space behind my house and green belts or Cottonwood Springs? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to show you that half acre lot in that location, but it does not exist. <laughs> and and so we talk about that and people are like, well, why not? Like, that's such a, you know, it's a very sought after place. And, and so the first thing that I wanted to get to is just a little bit of background of like, how did developments like that come up? And then how did we arrive at our current state of development? And what's the dichotomy there? So... 
In the past, you Tri Cities has been a market where we had a lot of land available. Yeah, and so it it had a tendency to, in fact, kind of sprawl out. Oh yeah, and so. What would happen is you would always just go a little bit further, and then you could find more land. And at the time, a lot of the cities didn't necessarily have good, drawn-out, like, urban growth boundaries to mm-hmm. where to where that would stop, or they couldn't push the development beyond that. Yeah. And the land prices at the time, it was a less desirable market. There was not as big of a population here, and the mm-hmm. land prices were lower. And so developers were able to go find large tracts of land with a lot of water available through water rights and then be able to develop something like where you had open area green belts behind houses or you had open spaces between the houses. And then what happened is we started to see population increase rapidly. Yes. Appreciation of land. The crackdown of sprawl with urban growth boundaries. So you didn't have you didn't have as much land to go choose from. No. Also, counties enacting counties enacting rural protection measures, such as you cannot subdivide a piece lower than twenty acres. Hmm. So you were so where you before you were able to go out there in the county and find a reasonable one acre lot or a reasonable two acre lot well now it's not as economical because you can only go down to 20 acres in in certain locations so what you have happening now is you have developers looking at the economics of it and the problem is is a developer's going to put up a lot of money they're going to go into a development they're going to buy a piece of ground They're going to put the streets in. They're going to put the sewer in. They're going to pay all those permitting fees. Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking for a return on their money for doing that. So just to do some very basic math and show the difference, I just wanted to show, like as a baseline, let's say that in the past you could buy residential acreage to develop for $25,000 an acre. Mm-hmm. You buy a 10-acre piece, a 30-acre piece, and you could put in that development. Now, you would be hard-pressed to find land anywhere like that that was less than $60,000 an wow. acre. Wow. So, let's look at let's look at a 1-acre piece that cost an acre. If you have a 1-acre piece, and we're saying that what is very desirable and everybody is looking at is they are looking for half-acre lots. So they Mm. have a little space, a bigger yard. They can put a shop out there. Yeah. Let's say that two of those lots cost cost $100,000 a piece. So the developer is saying, and we would be hard pressed at this moment to go and find that. I will, I will just tell you that there are lots available for that, but not few and far between. Few and far between for what we're talking about in this situation. So that means the maximum amount that developer can get for that one acre is two hundred thousand dollars. And let's say that they have the exact same cost in it that they had for the land. So they purchased the land for, we said, $60,000 an acre. 
And let's say they put in another $60,000 to develop that land. So now they've got they've got $120,000 baseline and they can sell each lot for 100,000, $200,000 total income, development cost of 120. The developer if he sells half acre lots can make $80,000 on on that sale. And we're exaggerating here and we're not adding yeah. certain costs, but that gives an idea. Now let's say Let's say a quarter acre lot, so a half uh, a half acre, just a regular lot that you see in town, West mm-hmm. Pasco, all over. That is a quarter acre, smaller. What we more see in developments these days, and let's say that that developer can sell. So now you have four lots instead mm-hmm. of two. Now, when you go from a half acre to a quarter, it's not an exact relationship meaning that now now instead of 100 that quarter acre lot is not 50 you can probably <laughs> get 60 mm-hmm. um, for that quarter acre lot so now we got four lots at 60 and the developer can make 240,000 mm. on the same amount and it's the same street McKay see so he's if doubled you, his investment if you're running that street down there you still have to run the same width of street and length for two half-acre lots as you would for four quarter-acre lots. So the cost of development to that developer, there's no difference in to him to get four lots other than a few water stubs and a few sewer stubs in there. And that cost is peanuts compared to what he can increase. Now you're looking at that all that risk that the developer took. Now if he goes to quarter-acre lots... He can make one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on that same on that same acre versus mm. eighty, and so you're looking at your risk as the market changes. Which you know which spot protects me better in that case. So what? So that just kind of shows the economics a little bit there as to why we don't see a lot of half acre developments going in, and part of it is because it is not a linear relationship between size of lot. And cost. So, like I said, if we're seeing quarter acre lots go for sixty five thousand, we double to we double up to a half acre lot. Doesn't mean we get automatically get one thirty for yeah. a half acre lot. It's not a double on the price. A lot of times, it's a little bit less. So now your economies of scale. It's really difficult for a developer with these land prices to make money on half acre lots, mm. and so. So there's a double-edged sword there, right? So because a lot of people are like, "Well, gosh, I, I wish there were more available. What what can I do to find one of these lots?" And so that's where we come into play and say, "Here's a couple of the strategies that we can use to find these lots." Number one, the good news is the situation that I just described has been awful the last two years. Mm -hmm. However, in the last two months, I've seen three different developments come online that had inventory like this. Mm. And so we are now seeing kind of when at the peak of the demand, people realize this was happening. Um, But the costs are higher. Mm. So what I have seen come online, when you look at a half acre buildable lot, we're seeing prices range from 130 to 175. The problem is, is when you look at cost to build a house on those lots, you're talking about, if you're using that as your baseline land cost, you're talking about a 450 to $550,000 house. 
really hard wow. to find your half acre for sixty-five or seventy thousand dollars. We had two of those last week. Multiple offers on both, and mm-hmm. already under contract. So that gives you an indication wow. of how quickly moving that market is. But new developments coming online this year. I know of three additional that will have very, very good options for people in this marketplace. The second thing that you can do to think outside of the box, we're going to talk after the break about what are some additional strategies you can use to find land to bring your own builder. Right here on News Talk 870. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We've been talking a little bit about new construction today and really with the take on it of land availability, lots that you can bring your own builder to and kind of build your dream little mini estate. We get a lot of people looking for that half acre lot or a little bit larger where they can bring their own builder have some ideas of what they want to do. In fact, one of the things I wrote down recently is a client that we had helped. A real popular trend right now is actually building a style that they call barn dominium. And it kind (laughs) of goes goes with that whole Joanna Gaines, Chip and Joanna Gaines farmhouse style. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of movements where people have done really large open ceiling pole building style barns with big, large porches on them. Wow. But it's actually living space inside of it. Hmm. Well, the problem you run into is if you're in a cookie cutter neighborhood or you're in an area that has CCNRs, and so that's covenants, conditions, restrictions. Those are what dictate the rules of the neighborhood. A lot of time they don't allow construction methods like that um, to build on. So what do you do at that point? How do you find something? So it's a little bit harder, but the payoffs can be tremendous in this case. And one of the options that you start to see uh, when the market is like this, when inventory is low, is you start to see existing parcels that were not built on in areas of town that are now starting to grow. So, So you might have that one or two acre lot that mm-hmm. is right in the middle of town, but maybe at the time that block did larger lots. Well, you'll start to see those get broken into multiple lots. I've seen some of that. So like you'll see a pasture, some maybe somebody had a five acre pasture. Well, that pasture gets sold to a developer or sold to a private party. And now someone builds their house on that on that existing pasture pasture land. The really smart people that thought ahead long term, a lot of times pre got approval to break their lots into multiple tax parcels. Mm. In fact, some of them you'll find someone buys a if they're really thinking ahead of the game, they'll buy a five acre parcel, put their house on it, have the pasture out back. 
but have it already pre-split into two, two and a half acre lots. Mm-hmm. So when they're done with the large lot, they're done taking care of the animals. The family is grown and gone and they want to downsize. Instead of moving, what we'll see a lot of people do is then they will sell that back two and a half acres to somebody that can now build another home back there on it. Mm. But if you don't have it separated into two parcels, um, then you have a process that you have to go through. Generally, a lot of people use what they call a short plat process. And so then they will short plat the existing lot into two lots. There's rules that go along with it. Mm -hmm. There's certain um, easements that have to be put in place, approvals by the irrigation districts. There, there's a num surveys. There's a number of things that have to be done to get this to make this happen. But a lot of times, people view it as a strategy to stay in their current house and the location that they've grown to love, and then give them a sort of savings account. So when they're ready to go, they sell that other parcel, apply that money towards their retirement or to pay off the mortgage on on maybe if they still had one on their existing house. So it's a strategy to identify those properties that can be subdivided, approach those owners, Mm -hmm. talk to them about potentially finding a lot that is not currently on the market. A little bit more work, but we know the areas that this can be done in. We've gone into these areas. We've targeted those areas, talked to those people. So generally, we can help kind of guide you through that process. And so that is another way to look at what you can do there. The other thing to talk about is a lot of times land around here gets locked up by certain builders. Mm -hmm. And so part of that, people ask me all the time, well, why does that happen? Why do we have to use XYZ Builder? Well, the developers that we talked about earlier... They are, you know, doing a for-profit business to the point where when they go to sell and they have 60 lots to sell, mm-hmm. as a developer, a lot of times it's much easier for them to sell to three builders at one time than to deal with 60 different clients as oh, if they yeah. were selling it individually. They get their money back faster, which gives them a larger return. Mm -hmm. And they generally have a relationship with that builder. So they know long term, like they always pay. They always take down the lots. We don't have to worry about financing. The builder for putting all that money up ahead of time, their advantage is they get some built in sales by controlling that inventory. So the other strategy to look at is to also pick your builder First, a lot of times people say, well, it's the lot that I want first, and then they're stuck with whatever builder they find based upon that lot. Yeah. Another strategy to look at it the opposite way is a lot of times these builders have great relationships with the developers, and sometimes they can get lots that you as the general public might not be able to get. Mm -hmm. So if we pick the builder first and make a commitment to that builder, in return, a lot of times the builder will open up some inventory that is not general public knowledge that they mm. that they have. But they're going to ask you for a commitment, a deposit. There's going to be a cost to that. Yeah. So those are some of the strategies that you have to think about when you're looking for that perfect lot to build on. Mm-hmm. You're also going to have to think about your priorities and, for instance, your commute time. 
Because if we go further out in Badger Canyon, for instance, we can find better options. Um, Benton City has been growing tremendously with these types of rebuilds and remodels. Mm -hmm. Because if we're willing to go an extra 10 minutes to Benton City, then we can potentially get more acreage for a lower price. Uh, And so we have to look. If commute time is not an issue for you, then we can expand the options and the acreage is is more important. So Mm -hmm. those are big things to look at. Another huge thing to consider is zoning. And we've talked about does the current zoning allow this type of product to be built there. And in fact, McKay, you and I had a dialogue earlier in the week when we were reading the headlines about a bill that is currently at legislature that much like Oregon did last year, um, because of the housing problems that they've been having in larger cities, uh, there's bills in front in front of the legislature that talk about doing away with, for instance, restrictive zoning, such as single-family zoning in in Mm -hmm. areas to where you would be required to allow multifamily-type property to go on those those available lots or those infill lots. Now, that could have some drastic consequences (laughs) both (laughs) directions. Mm -hmm. And until we know for sure, I don't think it's worth, you know, I could do three more shows about this probably. Yes. But we're keeping an eye on those type of things but the point there is that zoning and knowing what you can build ahead of time and looking into that should be part of your feasibility study with these land purchases if you have any questions about that at all i have an amazing buyer agent team that is versed in new construction and these topics and helping people find this property and speaking of property We have a great pick three this week, and I will tell you, inventory, I say say it to my staff and people all the time, if there is not snow on the ground February 1st, and it it does not look like it's sticking around, Mm -hmm. our spring market starts a month early. In fact, we'll start to see basically what we consider the spring market to be happening in mid-February. And in fact, we've already been seeing it now with multiple offers on most all properties under $300,000. It's very very spring-esque out there (laughs) right Mm -hmm. now is what I'll say. But my pick three this week, 244924 East Hover Road. This is an amazing country property. It sits on five private irrigated acres with Columbia River views. Three bed, three bath, and an office in East Kennewick, 3,000 square feet, huge covered porch, formal entry, formal dining, spacious living room with a gas fireplace, and a huge picture window that gives you views of that land and the river. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about building on this type of property. You have upper level bedrooms that share a Jack and Jill bathroom, a bonus room that could be an optional fourth bedroom. Attached two-car garage with shop space. You've also got a 60 by 40 hay barn on the property. RV parking that's covered and uncovered with hookups. Tons of space. And this is coming in at 585, which is an absolutely fabulous price for that property. The scenario we were just talking about, splitting a property later, having an extra lot, this property has that. If if you want 10 acres, 
you can purchase the entire property together at seven eighty five, or mm-hmm. you could just purchase the five acre parcel for two fifty. Wow! So this is the exact scenario we were just talking about mm-hmm. about finding land. This is somebody that had done that, and now that property is back on the market as they look as they look to downsize. So yeah. this is the exact scenario that we were just talking about. Pick number two, eighty six twenty three West Third in Kennewick, four bedroom, three bath home in a large third acre lot, Hanson Park, super desirable Hanson Park subdivision. 2628 square feet, tile flooring throughout, all hard surface areas, beautiful kitchen with eating bar, tons of storage. You have a 26 by 17 upper level bonus room, movie theater system, screen, projector, lighting, surround sound, absolutely awesome setup. You've got a dream backyard, fully fenced, plus a large covered patio, and... RV and boat parking, and so for Hanson Park, you're getting all of that at 385. Wow! Another great, great, awesome price property, 339 Snyder Street. We're now taking you from Kennewick over into Richland, mm-hmm. North Richland, really close to Leslie Groves Park. 2560 square feet, awesome hardwood floors, main level living room that has vaulted ceilings, awesome fireplace. You've got a slider out to the deck for outdoor entertainment. It will be here before we know it. Spacious master bedroom with dual closets. A main level has two secondary bathrooms and a large hall bath. New vinyl double pane windows. Awesome big fenced backyard, really close to the biking paths along the Columbia River, the boat launch, picnic mm-hmm. sites, just walking distance to elementary schools, high schools. Awesome, awesome property. And that's coming in at 349,817. Wow. So just under 350,000. So there is spring-like inventory coming on the market. Yep. People are out and about. We don't have to worry about snow and ice. So for the meantime, like I said, it's a little too early to call it official because I am a realist, but <laughs> yeah. it, it smells like our spring market right now. And so if you have any desire to be out and looking or you want to get your house on the market ahead of time to take advantage of the multiple offers... Go to KenmoreTeam.com, shoot us a message, and we'd love to chat with you and meet up. And we will be right back here next week. Right here on News Talk 870.